This is the Exxon Broadcast Network, broadcasting worldwide on broadcast affiliates and satellite program providers, including CNN Broadcast Network, Sirius Satellite Network, Star Media, Good News Radio Network, Angel Broadcast Network, Wiki Broadcast Network, and WPBN-TV. For more information on the X-Zone Broadcast Network, visit us at www.xzbn.net. Welcome to Connecting with Coincidence with... Dr. Bernie Beitman, MD, that's me. This is CC with BB, and we are the only we are the only radio program in the world dedicated to the study and discussion of coincidences, serendipity, and synchronicity. One of the most important questions for modern science and all humanity is the relationship between mind and brain. Does the brain produce consciousness or does the greater consciousness produce the brain? How do mind and brain interact with each other? How, if I think of something, I get my hand to move? I'm a psychiatrist. I study these questions in my office. I help people with medications and psychotherapy. I work in both mind and brain. Synchronicity is spoken here. Coincidences alert us to the mysterious hiding in plain sight. In other words, coincidences alert us to possible causal connections not recognized by modern science. Go ahead, put connecting with coincidence in your search engine and you'll find my book, my Psychology Today blog, my website and my social media site. Would you like to know how sensitive to coincidences you are? We'll take the weird coincidence survey on my website. Our guest today is Alexis Brooks, who is a number one best-selling author, journalist, researcher, and talk show host, covering metaphysics, spirituality, and new thought concepts. Her work explores consciousness, human potential, and the deeper characteristics of reality from a transcendental perspective. And they have been described by others as lucid and easy to understand in covering an otherwise complex and esoteric subject matter. Alexis uh, did us the favor of listening to uh, some of our radio programs, some of our interviews earlier, and she had a great coincidence in involved with one of those uh, uh, those programs that she listened to. And I'd just like to have our producer, Rob McConnell, know that he is now helping coincidences happen out there in the world. And here is an example of that. Alexis, why don't you tell us about that, um, that radio interview that you were listening to and the coincidence <laughs> involved with it? Oh, I'd love to. And by the way, Bernie, thanks so much for having me on to talk about my favorite subject in the world, Matt Synchronicity. And, you know, I have to tell you at the outset, I think that when one loves synchronicity, they invite more. And such was the case yesterday as I was preparing to talk with you today and listening uh, to one of your shows. And it's so funny because obviously you've got a whole portfolio of beautiful shows. And I said, well, which one should I listen to? And I said, I think I'm just going to pick one arbitrarily. And so I did. And that interview happened to be with uh, Jennifer Palmer, who I will be honest, was not familiar with prior to listening to the show. Um, but, but I, I what, what was the arbitrariness of it? Because that's the kind <laughs> of that's the fun that, that, that I know you have to have. I know I do. Yeah. Is somehow you do something by feel arbitrary isn't quite the right name for it. I, you know, I'm looks, being a little bit facetious. You're absolutely right. And that's why I kind of hesitated when I said arbitrarily. But well, again, but, there's no conscious. Mm, let me study this. And I think I'll listen to this. I, I kind of said I, I'll pick this one. I'll take this. It's that this it's that intuitive impulse that I want to encourage our listeners to be able to pay attention to because it can lead to funny things. Absolutely, and that's the beauty of of it all. But nonetheless, just if I can make a, a long story short, uh, so I'm listening to to Jennifer. And by the way, folks, I encourage everyone to listen to this this great program. All of your programs are great, but this was a great uh, interview in that she she talked about sort of the impetus for her own noticing of synchronicities and the deeper meaning of life by uh, witnessing the past of her aunt and the synchronicities that ensued around that. 
Um, but after that, Bernie, as you know, she went into uh, what is really, I think, the focus of her work right now, which is this wonderful documentary that she was the center of called Time is Art. Yes. And I'm listening, thinking, time is art. Why does that sound so familiar to me? <laughs> yeah. And I'm listening and listening. And as you know, we, we tend to multitask. And as I'm listening, I, I, I figured I'd, I'd go look up time is art and see. This sounds really familiar. I think I know this. So lo and behold, I went to the website that was uh, listed in her bio. And there it was. The, the documentary film of which a, the producer of that film had reached out to me some, oh, I don't know, five, six months previously, and we lost touch. I thought, wow, here we go, a synchronicity within a synchronicity. But here's the kicker, Bernie. Prior to my sitting down to prep for this show today, I was having coffee maybe an hour or two before uh, at my kitchen table thinking, you know, I need to uh, – make a trip, plan a trip to New York. I have a, a couple of things I've been putting on the back burner, one of which is to reconnect with the woman who invited me to be a part of uh, the documentary, which is essentially a follow-up, I believe, to Time is Art. Yeah. So again, here we go. Universe is saying, okay, here, here you go. I'll, I'll make sure that connection happens. Well, so. to, to, to just highlight that, here you thought about seeing Katie Walker in New York uh -huh. before you listened to the interview. Absolutely. Although and, I have to tell you, I couldn't think of her name because it was vague. It was a you know brief connection we had made several months previous. But, yeah. but it was Time is Art that put you that put you was the trigger that allowed you to see it but you still you thought about it and there it was there it and i just i just like that you picked it out from someplace so this is the <laughs> end this is the end of uh, this first segment uh, and we will continue to talk with alexis in our next segment hold on This is the Exxon Broadcast Network, broadcasting worldwide on broadcast affiliates and satellite program providers, including CNN Broadcast Network, Sirius Satellite Network, Star Media, Good News Radio Network, Angel Broadcast Network, Wiki Broadcast Network, and WPBN-TV. For more information on the X-Zone Broadcast Network, visit us at www.xzbn.net. Did you know that when you're on the road with limited data or Wi-Fi, you can still listen to the X-Zone Radio Show with Rob McConnell, The Science of Magic with Gwilda Wiaka, X-1, Dimension X, Space Patrol, and every minute of the Exxon Broadcast Network by calling 213-401-0080, courtesy of Audio Now. No smartphone, app, or internet needed. It saves your data plan, and it's free if you have unlimited minutes. Call 213-401-0080 to listen on any phone, anytime, anywhere. Remember 213-401-0080 for the best of the paranormal, parapsychology, and sci-fi radio programming anywhere, 24-7-365. Foundation focusing on evidence-based physical, mental, and spiritual interventions, including natural cancer cures, prayer, meditation, affirmations, nutrition, and other related holistic cancer prevention and cure modalities. These are used in cancer education, research, and financing care. I ask for your help to continue this important work by donating at www.holisticcancerfoundation.com. Hello, I'm Pete Marsh. With my daughter Justina, we will be presenting the new radio show, Too Good to Be True. If something seems too good to be true, it usually is. But with the help of Justina's amazing gifts, we're going to gain insight into questions that don't yet have complete answers. Have you wondered who built Stonehenge and for what reason? 
wire crop circles found in the same region as Stonehenge and elsewhere? Are crop circles a hoax or are they created with technologies that we have little knowledge of? Who built the pyramids in Egypt and also in other countries? How and why were they built? Was the Titanic switched with the Britannic as part of a gigantic insurance fraud or for more insidious reasons? What caused the Tunguska event when trees were flattened over an 800 square mile area in Siberia? Will the new insights be too good to be true? Well, that will depend on what you are prepared to believe. Please join us as we start on this journey together. For more information on Too Good To Be True, visit www.xzbn.net. Little children aren't the only ones afraid of the dark. Millions of soldiers return from war zones with PTSD, anger, frustration, fear, and loneliness, much of which surfaces during the darkness of the night. You have the chance to change the lives of these American heroes. Songs and Stories for Soldiers.us provides free MP3 players for these men and women. With a list of 3 million songs in 16 different styles, 100,000 audiobooks, and 30,000 old-time radio programs, every veteran can find something to soothe and comfort them at no cost. All our players contain an 8-hour audio program designed to help veterans fall asleep. With 1,500-plus vets now participating, it's our goal to deliver 10,000 audio players this year. Go to our website at songsandstoriesforsoldiers.us. Help us help a veteran make it through the night. Welcome back to CC with BB, Connecting with Coincidence with Dr. Bernie Beitman. That's me. Our guest today is Alexis Brooks, a well-known radio talk show host and someone very, very interested in synchronicity. Alexis, how did you, how did you get tuned into the coincidence business? <laughs> First, I've got to say to you, Bernie, I love the fact that you, you sort of dip in and out of coincidence and synchronicity. And I have to just say, for the record, I do feel that these are coincidences in the, in the truest sense as we, as we look at these sort of coinciding of events that meld together and make what we call synchronicity. So I, I just had to say that. I, I think that's well, I, I have I have a I, I, I am trying to make <laughs> some clear the distinctions among and between uh, coincidence, synchronicity, serendipity and a lesser known idea, seriality. Uh, that, ah. Because I want to use coincidences as the overarching term, because mm-hmm. too too often people use synchronicity to cover a wide range of possibilities. Agreed. Where what I'm trying to do is break down the coincidences into categories, mm-hmm. and uh, there are some categories that are pretty easy to define right from the beginning based on the forms of coincidences. Mm-hmm. By that I mean some coincidences are between a mind and an event out there, just like your Katie Walker Time is Art one. Mm-hmm. You had the thought and there was the radio program, but there was right. a thought in your mind and only you can see it. And then there are mind-mind ones where people uh, connect uh, between their minds telepathically like. Uh, and my best example are simulpathity, uh, the experience of the pain of a loved one at a distance. That's, mm-hmm. they're, both, they're both internal to the two people who have to report it. And then there are thing-thing coincidences where you, any outside observer can see those observable, those observables. So right, I, right. I, this is a way of getting a little more scientific and less uh, kind of metaphysical. As right. it, but synchronicity was where we started. Right. Well, I have to just kind of piggyback on what you're saying, Bernie, because I think that the thing that is undergirding all of this and we we as humans tend to like to put things in categories and nice, neat little buckets, etc. But the thing that I find really fascinating is this thing we call non-locality, non-locality. Many of the many of those who are fans of quantum theory, quantum mechanics will be familiar with that term. And I'm not going to get into all of that. I I bet your your listeners are are quite familiar with that dynamic. But that I I would I wouldn't bet on that. You wouldn't? Oh, okay. I wouldn't, well, we're I not going to get into that. that right now because I, you, <laughs> you had asked me about uh, what what the impetus was for me. I have yes. to tell you, and I'm asked this frequently. I think I I landed here on this planet being interested in this stuff. I have to tell oh, really? you, even huh. absolutely, even as a young child. Uh, although I I certainly wasn't learned, you know, from a book from a research standpoint, um, I hadn't put it in any context, but I have been an experiencer of phenomena, including synchronicity and precognition 
since I can remember. And uh, I, you know, I grew up in an alternative household with parents, both very left brained and my, my dad was an MIT scientist, my mother an educator. But when they took the hat off of, of their jobs, they sat down and talked about uh, life after death and reincarnation and synchronicity and et cetera. Wow. So that was nurtured in me. So I can't, there's no particular moment where I had an epiphany and said, oh, I think I'll study this. It's just always been in my life and it's grown. And that's what I'd like. I'd love to talk about that. It's grown. Well, sure. that, one, of, one of the things that uh, you're noticing, uh, and maybe we'll get back to this again in the, in the future in discussing this, but you're seeing more coincidences happening out there in your life. Mm -hmm. and, uh, and as you say, uh, the more you see, the more you see. You just get sensitized and primed and recognize that uh, there are a lot of coincidences happening every day. We just may not notice them. But you're, you're noticing that other people are mm. seeing more coincidences. And I am hearing that also. You are. That Yes, that people mm -hmm. are reporting that who are sensitive to coincidences have been for a long time, that other people are telling them more about them anyway, and they seem mm -hmm. to be more out there anyway. Mm -hmm. Well, you know, I think this is a big subject, and I think this is where it comes down to, it goes from sort of a whimsical and fun and, and novelty sort of thing to talk about to a very uh, integral part of the human experience and the human development. And yes, unequivocally, I am getting more and more people telling me that they're having uh, more uh, synchronicities in, in quick succession, something that I have, uh, I don't know that I'm the one to coin it, maybe I am, called synchronicity clusters. And that is where a, a number of synchronicities will happen to an individual, not necessarily connected, maybe they are, uh, but in a short period of time. Uh, such was the case with me. Um, it still is, really. I think I'm on kind of a synchronicity uh, run right now. <laughs> but yes, I do think that I know that I'm hearing from more people, certainly through my radio show and people emailing me. The question becomes, why is that? And that's where I think it gets very interesting. Because I think we're looking at Bernie, and, and obviously people that come from sort of a new age, or metaphysical, or those that are interested in subjects of consciousness are looking at the times that we're living in right now, um, metaphysically, and saying there is something shifting. So many of us have used that word somewhat loosely, but I have no doubt that I don't know what the cause is. Is it the, 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 some speculate that our magnetosphere is literally thinning. The, the magnetic field around our planet is becoming, is diminishing. And some people are translating that to, uh, if that, you know, if you look at the magnetosphere as sort of a protective barrier between us and everything else out there, if it's thinning, we're now perhaps getting more access to everything else that's out there, including uh, incidents of ESP, you know, extrasensory perception. So I wonder that, I ponder that, and I obviously can't make a case for it, but I do uh, feel that there is some dynamic in our human experience, perhaps in the cosmos itself, that's shifting, that's allowing for more of these experiences to happen, because they're when, definitely happening. When when I think about uh, the, the coincidences and try to understand them, uh, I tend to start from the bottom up, from us chickens walking around here on the Earth's crust, uh, trying to figure out just what's going on around here. I mean, what's, mm. what, what's going on around here? So I start with us, and one of the... Uh, I read a paper uh, several years ago that suggested that when uh, a culture starts going through a major transformation, hmm. when, when there is uncertainty, when there is ambiguity, when the results uh, of what you do you can't predict as well, things aren't as consistent as, uh, as Rob uh, telling us, Rob McConnell telling us that the segment is 14 minutes, when <laughs> things are not so predictable, uh, when this uncertainty happens, then more metaphysical ideas start coming into our minds. I love it. Mm. And, and the correlate of that is, again, the individual, that coincidences tend to be increased in times of transition, need, and or high emotion, when again, ah. there, there is indeterminacy in a person's life. And I like to think of it almost in the same way that you're using thinning of the veil. I, I use the, the term, the, the kind of breaking the webs of ordinary reality and, I love letting, it. and letting stuff coming in. 
I'm all, I'm following you completely. You said a couple of things, buzzwords for me. The first thing I, I want to mention is emotion. And this too, I have pondered, you know, emotion is a very, very powerful thing in the human experience. And I, you know, as we, as we think about the idea that there may be other intelligent species out there, and I do in fact cover that very elusive topic in my work, uh, we're talking extraterrestrial and beyond. The one thing that it is when you juxtapose the human species with perhaps others, the one thing that we have going for us is the ability to emote an emotion, which is, in fact, uh, has a frequency, a, a signature uh, aligned with it or you know connected to it. Yeah. Intense emotion tends to trigger experience. I can give you we don't have enough time in the probably now 10 minutes left or, or less. Uh, but numerous examples of people that in the throes of emotion have gone into altered states and have been uh, witnessed or a part of phenomena, including synchronicity and even more. So that's the first point I want to make. I do feel that uh, increased emotion can trigger these sorts of things. The other thing I want to bring up in terms of the times that we're living in, and yes, we, we it's almost cliche now, times of uncertainty and challenge, et cetera. I have a chapter in my book, Conscious Musings, called Dichotomy of Consciousness and the Precipice of Change. And it reminds me of what you just said about uh, sort of this this sort of midpoint uh, of, you know, we ambiguity. We, we're not quite sure where we're going. I look at it as sort of a dichotomy of we're seeing the ugliest of ugly right now. We are. I mean, there's yes. no one that can deny it, deny yes. that. But we're yeah. also seeing unprecedented acts of altruism sort of coexisting. And as I say in my book, they're sort of duking it out. And when we see that collision of, of opposites, that too is a marker, at least for me, that we're on the precipice of some kind of a paradigm shift. And in the midst of that is when perhaps the universe will come forth and give us the opportunity to make that transition using things like synchronicity. Mm-hmm. <laughs> yeah. Um, there's just a lot in what you've just said. And I'm going to go back to the magnetosphere and yeah. what I call the psychosphere, um, which is somewhat related to um, what you're talking about. The ionosphere is um, another part of our atmosphere that helps to protect the Earth from uh, from solar uh, energy, from uh, solar winds uh, mm -hmm. that have lots of uh, stuff that could create difficulty for us and the ionosphere bounces a lot of the solar wind energy um, back into outer space and the ionosphere is maybe 40 miles up from the earth's crust and between the ionosphere uh, and the earth's crust uh, there is something that um, people can call uh, a an electromagnetic container Mm -hmm. uh, the uh, Earth is uh, negatively charged and the ionosphere is positively charged. So within that container, uh, electromagnetic waves can exist. And lightning, uh, which uh, strikes maybe a thousand times uh, a minute um, on, in, around our Earth, in, in highly concentrated in some places, tends to create electromagnetic waves uh, mm -hmm. within this uh, container between the ionosphere and the Earth's crust. And these waves create what's now called uh, the Schumann resonance. That's right. Um, and that Schumann resonance has various harmonics up to maybe uh, 40 hertz. So the Schumann resonance is about 8 hertz. Mm -hmm. And there's something about that Schumann resonance, which we are in right now as we That's are right. talking. It's, mm -hmm. it's here with us uh, that has something to do with what I'm calling the psychosphere, which is the, the method, means, uh, medium through which a telepathic and other communications take place and help to create some coincidences. Yeah, I'm so glad you brought up the Schumann resonance. And again, I, I don't want to give the impression that I am a scholar in, in, in any of these things, but I have obviously I'm familiar with in, in our quest to find out what the heck is going on on this little uh, blue planet of ours right now. You, you touch on these things. And the Schumann resonance is something that I actually just brought up in an interview I had conducted with uh, Nassim Harriman, who is a well-known quantum physicist and, and a consciousness researcher. You know, there is a rumor out there, and I, I'm still trying to get to the bottom of it, that the Schumann resonance, which is also considered sort of the Earth's heartbeat, if you will, uh, has been known to stay, have a sustained 
beat, if you will, of approximately 7.8 hertz. That's pretty well known, and it's been like that for as long as we can remember. However, the rumor, and I say rumor because I think there's a lot of controversy. It's a rumor, yes. Yeah, that it is, in fact, fluctuating. Some people contend that it is spiked up to even beyond 30 hertz, uh, which is... uh, And we're getting close to ending this segment, so (laughs) we are going to come back to getting into outer space in our next segment. Deal. are our personal gateways into infinite wisdom. Don't miss Shamanic Counselor and Indigenously Trained Dream Decoder Sandra Corcoran's inspiring book, Shamanic Awakening Between the Dark and the Daylight. This remarkable work chronicles Sandra's 35 years of experience with diverse wisdom keepers and her initiations throughout the Americas and across the British Isles, Turkey, Greece, and Egypt. Sandy's knowledge of symbology, psychology, and myth influenced her dream blog and workshops. Sandy offers private tarot readings, international journeys, a meditative CD, as well as her book, Shamanic Awakening, to encourage you as you navigate this earthwalk, creating a deeper connection to yourself and all that is. Find this and more at Sandy's website, starwalkervisions.com. This is the Exxon Broadcast Network, broadcasting worldwide on broadcast affiliates and satellite program providers, including CNN Broadcast Network, Sirius Satellite Network, Star Media, Good News Radio Network, Angel Broadcast Network, Wiki Broadcast Network, and WPBN-TV. For more information on the X-Zone Broadcast Network, visit us at www.xzbn.net. How would you like to be able to read other people's minds? Well, the next best thing is here. When you know how to read a person's name, you know how the person thinks, feels, and behaves. Each letter in our name holds a key to unlock our true essence. Our name contains both our gifts and challenges in this lifetime. Nemology Science discovers personality secrets hidden in the placement of the letters of our names, including the first and last impression people remember about us. Sharon shows us how to interpret the arrangement of letters as outlined in her book, Know the Name, Know the Person. Sharon Lynn Wyeth created Nemology Science after 18 years of research and testing her theories and has supported thousands of people around the world in understanding themselves and others better. You'll enjoy Sharon's unique teachings as she shares her system to learn the gifts behind your given birth name. Even if you don't like your birth name, there are jewels in this book. If you're thinking of changing your name, ready to name your child, or wanting to get along better with others, this is the book for you. If you'd like to improve your relationships and change your life for the better, get the book today, Know the Name, Know the Person, or visit www.knowthename.com. That's www.knowthename.com. Hello, I'm Justina Marsh, and with my dad, Pete, we are going to present a new show called Too Good to Be True. Together, we are aiming to discover more truths about this world and beyond. Do you have unanswered questions about the world? Do you ever wonder about aliens, conspiracy theories, or the universe? There are many shows discussing subjects such as pyramids or UFOs, but we want to relay this information based on our own research, including from spiritual means. Hopefully, listeners will be helped with their own beliefs and will appreciate the psychic insights that add to the previous research and information. We both look forward to sharing this insight and beginning this journey with our listeners. Visit xzbn.net for more information about when to listen. Welcome back to CC with BB. 
Connecting with Coincidence with Dr. Bernie Beitman, MD. That's me. Our guest is Alexis Brooks, and we are talking about magnetosphere, the psychosphere, and ionosphere, and trying to answer the difficult questions of how does synchronicity, how does coincidence, how do coincidences take place, and what really is happening on our planet. So go ahead with uh, with uh, Alexis, what you're talking about with the uh, Schumann resonance. Sure. Well, again, and I, I I love the way we ended that. Uh, yes, it's just a rumor, but let let's suppose for the sake of argument, we're talking about, of course, the possible fluctuation of the Schumann resonance and it departing from, or at least temporarily departing from its approximately 7.8 hertz and spiking on occasion. And I again have no uh, proof of that, and yet it, there's a lot of talk about that. But let's assume for argument's sake that that is true what i'm also told and what i based on what i've understood is that our own persona our own heartbeat really is also designed to resonate with the schumann resonance of about 7.8 hertz if in fact and this is just a hypothesis if in fact there is some truth to the fluctuation of the of the Earth's heartbeat, and it is on occasion going out of sync or way above the 7.8, something is happening there, which is either throwing us off or maybe trying to pull us up so that we stay in resonance with it. I, again, to me, I find it quite curious that the, that if this is happening, could this be one of the hallmarks of this paradigm shift that we're going through? And in the midst of all that, uh, all sorts of wonderful and mysterious and bizarre high strangeness <laughs> sorts of things are happening including synchronicity and other psychic experiences you know i'm talking to people who are um telling me stories of seeing um oh intelligent species appear I, I, i'm not kidding ghostly images uh you know poltergeist activity i cover that in my book and i don't think that's something we should shy away from i, I definitely don't think we are in a position to name what it is or even how it happens. But when you follow the clues and you see that there is a consistency to the stories, the anecdotes are what I love. Um, there is something going on, something powerful. So yeah, this, sure. this is, this is part of the trouble. Um, uh, anecdotes are part of the trouble uh, in trying to, do what I'm trying to do with uh, establish a kind of a science of coincidences because a lot of people there are different attitudes towards anecdotes. Uh, one anecdote is just an anecdote. Ten anecdotes are ten anecdotes. While other people would say the ten anecdotes become uh, a hint of something going on, which is mostly the way I think about it. And as a psychiatrist, that's the way uh, I was. I'm able to come to some conclusions about what to do with the next patient because if I've seen this before in 10 other people, then I have some confidence that I can do the same thing uh, that I did previously. But that's, that's, an, that's an argument, but we only have anecdotes. Mm. And the key thing you and I are coming to, uh, to say together is that um, you, Alexis, are seeing more coincidences not only in your life, but other people are telling you them. Mm -hmm. And that you are having more clusters of coincidences. They are they're they're happening more repeatedly, and uh, I have a Psychology Today post, which maybe you had looked at, of a woman who saw lots of coincidences after one of her high school reunions and kind of threw her off. Mm -hmm. So one of the, one of the functions that you and I can help people with, as I did with this woman, is to try to be able to say this is not abnormal that there are more people experiencing clusters of coincidences. And when we put them together, uh, we can come up perhaps with reasons that help you understand where you are in your life and what these coincidences might be telling you about where you are going. Mm -hmm. So this, this yeah. helped, this, this, I call this coincidence counseling. <laughs> coincidence counseling i love it i love it well you know it's getting back to your point about the anecdotes and again i i love stories and i and i think there's some merit to stories sure there are people that love to exaggerate but i you know we we kind of come from a different school i'm a little bit more on the philosophical side you're a little bit more a lot more on the scientific side but you have a nice blend which i like thank you here's what i say to people and remind myself and you know i have a sort of a saying about belief because we, we, we uh, human beings have a tendency to want to adopt belief versus knowing. And I've said it many times. I'm going to say it one more time. Uh, seeing is believing, but experiencing is knowing. 
seek to experience and you will never have to believe again. And so I say that to say where so many people want to hear other people's stories, I encourage people to seek out their own experience. So there can be no questioning. There is no need to believe if you have had an experience. Now, of course, the trick is in distilling the, the meaning in the experience and determining, you know, well, if, 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 if I'm having this experience, it must mean that life works this way. It's not really what I'm saying, but our own experience cannot be denied. And I really do feel experience needs to be our guide. Yeah, that is so important. And you're bringing up um, uh, another variant on that, uh, that it shouldn't, you shouldn't, shouldn't trust other people so much telling you you need to have your own experience. Right. But, but then the interpretation the individual does or makes out of that experience is so crucial because not only is to some people is uh, seeing is believing, but believing is also seeing mm -hmm. that that you're not going to see what you don't believe. That belief determines a lot of what you see. So how sure. how do you advise someone who is kind of new to coincidences, wants to think there may be something to it, but how do they then analyze uh, that coincidence that they have? How do how do they think about it? You know, this is going to sound really maybe counterintuitive, but I think that sometimes analyzing, because again, we tend to have a habit of wanting to really get in the weeds and figure out what is happening and why is it happening. You know, sometimes, Bernie, I think the universe, and I do feel that this is some somewhat of a universal language that's beckoning for us to learn its tongue. Um, sometimes it's just a wink and a nod. You know, everyone says, well, uh, not everyone, but some people will say, Alexis, you know, I'm looking, you know, I'm trying to um, look for synchronicity more and more. And I say, don't look for it. Don't look for it. It's like the, the watched kettle that never boils. Just recognize when it happens. And I tell people to say out loud synchronicity. But secondly, sometimes I don't know that it's necessary to try to analyze the uh, the significance of it. Now, sometimes it's necessary because I think it can be a guidepost, synchronicity for sure. As an example with what happened yesterday and my calling uh, making contact with the Time is Art people. Um, so it was a guiding principle. Other times I think it's just a wink and a nod. You want to you hear a wink and nod story? Do we have time? Uh, we, have, we, we have one more segment <laughs> after this, so we got, okay. we got time. Okay. Go ahead. Uh, the, I had a, I, like I said, I have been sort of going through a string of synchronicity lately and they'll wane every once in a while and then come back. This one has to do with a hummingbird and it's whimsical and no deep meaning implicit in it other than just what I think is a wink and a nod. Hummingbirds, I love them. I've always loved them. And as we know with hummingbirds, they're very fleeting. They're very hard to, to get to sit still if you want to take a picture. And th such was the case with me. I, I thought to myself, I would just love to, to get a picture for myself of a hummingbird, but I knew it wasn't going to happen. So I said, well, maybe I'll just try to search for one on Google and put it on my iPad, my, my tablet. And so I did a beautiful, uh, beautiful image of a, a bird in flight, hummingbird. Fast forward a few days, I had flown out to California from the East Coast where I'm from to cover a conference. And after the conference, my husband and I had a little bit of downtime in Palm Springs, which we often travel to. And as I'm sitting, having coffee at this beautiful resort that we're staying in, what comes right in front of me? But a hummingbird. Right in front of me. Not once, not twice, probably a half a dozen times. I mean, it just wouldn't stop. And, you know, it's so funny. The first thing I did, obviously, is grab my phone and, and my tablet, rather, to take a picture. What do I see on the front cover is a hummingbird. Forgot I had even taken it. Uh-huh. And... I was able to get such a beautiful image of the hummingbird that I was able to replace the tablet, you know, the image that I got from Google. Um, and again, that was, it was just, it was amazing to me. No big meaning in it other than I'm watching you, Alexis. Oh, <laughs> oh wait, let's go to that in a minute. But it, it, it's, <laughs> it, you thought about, you were thinking about it and there it was. And mm -hmm. that that's, that's so much fun to be able to have that happen. Yes. When you, when you use the phrase wink and a nod, which this, uh, you could describe this as being, when some, if someone winks and nods at me, I'm going to be paying attention to that person. Well, sure. I think and, that, yeah, yeah. 
Well, so, I think that the when I when I say the universe is winking a nod, it's also it's just saying I'm here, and I'm connecting with you, and it's beckoning us to connect with it. Here's another thing, very quickly. When you think of, if you think of synchronicity, Bernie, as somewhat of a language, a universal language. Yeah, please go on about that. That's good. Go ahead. Yeah. Think of, you know, I was thinking of this analogy the other day. I um, I like to, I speak a little bit of Arabic, just a little bit. My dear friend is from Egypt and I grew up with her family and, and love the language. I've been to the, to the, to the region uh, frequently. And so when I, when I see somebody that I suspect is speaking Arabic and especially an Egyptian dialect, I'll say something, you know, uh, you know, shukran is thank you or inshallah or whatever it may be. And they'll invariably look at me and say, and they don't know me from Adam. They'll say, how do you know that? And they're just so delighted that I took the time out to say a word or two in their dialect. And before you know it, you're running into more people, or maybe you run into that same person and they were constantly wanting you to say something to them uh, in their native tongue. I think that the universe is the same way. When you show reverence for universal language in the form of synchronicity, it will give you more. That too is a wink and a nod. Uh, so w- I think it's important that we begin to learn its tongue and become fluent in speaking universal language, which is synchronicity. Well, th- th- that's very interesting. Uh, the, 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 have reverence and then learn the language. Mm-hmm. Uh, the, that when you say language, you're implying some kind of communication. Yes. Uh, and the communication of the hummingbird was to you that that I'm paying attention to you. I suppose. Yeah, yeah. I thought that's what you were saying. That you're, you're, yeah. I'm, I'm watching you. I think you said. Um, right. Sure. It, I, I, again, it, it's somewhat nebulous. We're, you know, we're, I think we're trying to again distill something that's so far out of the uh, typical human experience into something that we can distill as part of the human experience. So it is somewhat nebulous. I think we just have to kind of follow its clues. We're not well, used to this. You know? uh, it, uh, it's it's still, you're, you're using the word language. That's what I'm asking about. Mm-hmm. And the, and uh, so what do you mean by language um, when you talk about synchronicity as uh, having a language from the universe? Oh, I, I, I think it's a form of communication, you know, just like, I mean, we have sign language. It's not a, a spoken word, but it's, it's a, a form of communication. There's a telepathic language, I suppose. Maybe I'm using that term loosely, but I absolutely feel that synchronicity is a, a, a language of the universe that we are uh, inextricably linked to. But I think the ability of that has perhaps gone dormant in the human experience and for whatever reason is coming back up. So that's uh, how I, I interpret it. I, I'm, I'm really fascinated with your use of language. I love language. Uh, I took linguistics in, mm. in college uh, and uh, my sons are pretty good with language. So I get interested in what we're talking about uh, when we call this uh, a language thing. Um, but we're getting to the end of this segment. And as we continue on, I'd like to be able to get into language and also um, the question of precognition uh, and synchronicity. So we'll be back with Alexis Brooks. Hi everyone, Rob McConnell here, and I wanted to spend a moment on internet streaming. Everybody has heard about internet streaming, but not many know much about it. Did you know the internet streams just about everything? Movies. From new releases to old classics. TV shows. Almost every show, every episode, and much more. But the question has always been, how do you do it? Well now, thanks to the folks at 123 Ready TV, I have the answer for you. They have developed a simple program app, 123 Ready TV, that you install on your Windows PC, Android smartphone, or Android tablet that can have you streaming like a pro in less than five minutes. You truly won't believe how much is available or how easy it is to do until you try. And for a one-time cost of only $19.99, this product is a real winner. To learn more about 123 Ready TV, visit our website at www.xzbn.net. 
This is the Exxon Broadcast Network, broadcasting worldwide on broadcast affiliates and satellite program providers, including CNN Broadcast Network, Sirius Satellite Network, Star Media, Good News Radio Network, Angel Broadcast Network, Wiki Broadcast Network, and WPBN-TV. For more information on the X-Zone Broadcast Network, visit us at www.xzbn.net. Did you know that when you're on the road with limited data or Wi-Fi, you can still listen to the X-Zone Radio Show with Rob McConnell, The Science of Magic with Gwilda Wiaka, X-1, Dimension X, Space Patrol, and every minute of the X-Zone Broadcast Network by calling 213-401-0080, courtesy of Audio Now. No smartphone, app, or internet needed. It saves your data plan, and it's free if you have unlimited minutes. Call 213-401-0080 to listen on any phone, anytime, anywhere. Remember 213-401-0080 for the best of the paranormal, parapsychology, and sci-fi radio programming anywhere, 24-7-365. healing must address four levels, physical, emotional, mental, and spiritual, for us to live joyful and productive lives. We tend to treat three of the four, leaving the spiritual languishing. If you're tired of the same dysfunctional patterns cropping up in your life, soul balancing is for you. Trixie Phelps, owner and founder of Soul Balancing, is a naturally gifted energy healer trained in numerous esoteric forms, including shamanism. Trixie has created a powerful modality that safely and effectively clears your energetic field. A soul balancing session can remove interference, heal trauma, and restore your hope. Contact Trixie for a life-changing long-distance session today, www.soulbalancing.world. There's a legend shared by many indigenous cultures of a time when the nations were cast to the four corners of the world. Each nation was given a body of sacred knowledge that held a different portion of the truth to preserve. True reality could not be known until all the nations reunited, combining the information. If a single one was missing, the world could not be reborn and darkness would prevail. The Science of Magic Radio is dedicated to reuniting the sacred knowledge. With the understanding, none of us has all the answers, but together we can open new perceptions and possibilities. Through our combined vision, the world can be reborn into a place where darkness no longer prevails. Join me, Gwilda Wiecka, and the Science of Magic daily on the Exxon Broadcast Network, xzbn.net, or visit us at thescienceofmagic.net. Welcome back to CC with BB, the only radio show in the world dedicated to the study and discussion of coincidences, synchronicity, and serendipity. Our guest today is the delightful Alexis Brooks, talking about various aspects of coincidences, including now the language of synchronicity and how we need to be more sensitive to the potential communications of the language expressed to us through coincidences. Alexis, just a little bit more about that, and then we're going to go on to the precognition question. Mm -hmm. Well, in terms of what? The the language is a language? Because Mm -hmm. I really really want to, maybe maybe it's hard for you to clarify it, but I, I really like the idea. Language is a word, so it kind of limits us just even talking about what we mean. They're symbols, and I think it's a symbolic language to start with. And Absolutely. probably, are you probably saying we, we should just let these symbols pervade, uh, invade us, to come into us, become part of us, and let our intuition begin to put them together rather than doing too much rational thinking about them? Wow. Well, I don't know that they would invade or pervade even, but just the act of 
of noticing. For instance, as I, I think I said earlier, when you recognize a synchronicity, this is just a little thing for me, I advise people to say out loud, synchronicity. It's almost as if you're speaking, it's, it's a communication that's taking place. That is the way I'm using language or framing this as a language. I don't believe it's a one-way communication. I have a feeling that it is, in fact, two-way, just as, as people discuss a, sort of a telepathic communication taking place. So, um, again, in terms of, you know, what, what, this, what do we the, do with what, that? What, I do mean, you mean, what do you mean by two-way? I think I know what you mean, but what well, is what, what is your role in the communication in a synchronicity? Uh, when I have one, I acknowledge it out loud. I say, I just like it said, I think with the hummingbird, I see you, Alexis. I say, well, I see you. And you're developing a relationship. Yes, I know this may sound a little woo-woo to some people because we're not talking about having a conversation with another human being. We're talking about having a conversation with, with something that I feel fervently is conscious. And if something is conscious, there is the ability to have a two-way dialogue. Sorry, I'm gonna use that word. Like I, I'm using language. And I do in fact feel that when we acknowledge the synchronicity in whatever form you, you please, it will respond in kind. Alexis, let's, let's talk about um precognition uh, mm -hmm. and its relationship to synchronicity. How are they related in your mind, precognition and synchronicity? Well, you know, I definitely do think they're related and I really had to sort of sit in, in contemplative mode and really kind of figure out how would you delineate, if you could at all, the two phenomena. And here's what I've kind of come up with. You know, when you think of precognition is what I say is pre all precognitions to me have a synchronistic aspect but not all synchronicity is precognitive. Sometimes they are difficult to delineate. I can give you a very a couple of brief examples in the course of my most recent cluster that I believe were both synchronicity and precognition. Uh, one has to do with, and this is actually not whimsical at all, but quite uh, uh, nearly tragic. Uh, fortunately, it wasn't as bad as we thought. Very briefly, uh, I had been taking a walk one Sunday, and uh, while my husband was preparing a breakfast for me, which he does on Sunday often, and I, all of a sudden my mind started to wander, and uh, I'm looking at different homes, and I'm thinking about some renovation that I maybe would like to do to our home, and as I'm thinking about that and looking at other pe people's homes, a family, a good family friend of, of ours came to mind, and I started to think about their home. Now, I don't know why they came to mind, but they did. Um, and I started thinking about, hmm, just thinking about the configuration of their home and how their garage connects to the main home. And I hadn't been there in a while. And I'm almost kind of taking myself through the home as I'm thinking about perhaps maybe doing a renovation for myself. Okay, fine. Let's leave that because I want to get to the cut to the chase here. Later in that day, now, this person, and I'm obviously not going to mention any names, he's a very well-known um, individual in the, in the public sector here. I hear on the news that this particular person's home, they were, the, our friends were away at the time, but um, on vacation, but their daughter, uh, college-age daughter, had a uh, party. There was some, you know, um, somebody had... Somebody had come to the home that wasn't invited and there was an incident at the home that was quite, that could have been quite tragic in approximately the same area uh, of where I was um, sort of in my mind going to earlier in the day. This is obviously something that I would call synchronistic and a pretty, a pretty jarring precognition, I would dare say. You know, I, I looked at the timing of everything and here I was having this walk in the morning and um, it was later in the day, I believe that this incident happened. So this is a case of what I would call precognition of which I've had an affinity to for many, many years, many years. Um, I can give you another one if we have time, but very, very briefly. Uh, let, let's, let's look at, let's look at that one a little bit okay. too. And, uh, and um, uh, clarify what the way I think about it, uh, the young used uh, uh precognition as uh, one of the kinds of experiences under the term synchronicity. Mm -hmm. uh, he used that sometimes in his 1972 book on synchronicity. That's part of the definition. But since then, um, 
Jungians have varied in how they think about synchronicity, and for some of them, it is only those coincidences that are meaningful enough to kind of be psychotherapeutic or counseling to help you individuate in mm-hmm. Jung's terms. So that the definition of synchronicity is widely stretched yes. um, and then condensed. Agreed. So I, I like to think of precognition as a separate entity. Uh, mm-hmm. It falls under, it can fall under coincidence, it can fall under synchronicity, but I like to define it as a thing on its, unto itself that has to do with, within what, we, what we're thinking about as psi or extra sensory perception things. So what is your, well, tell me what your need is, Alexis, to keep uh, synchronicity and, uh, uh, and precognition connected. I happen to think that there is a common thread that undergirds all phenomena. Remember at the top of the show, we were talking about this idea of non-locality, the ability to, to affect something at a distance, what Einstein, as I say, begrudgingly relented to as spooky action at a distance. So there, I don't know that you can separate any of these phenomena, not just synchronicity and precognition, but perhaps apparitional activity, uh, remote viewing, um, you know, past life flashbacks, you know, you name it. It's a sense that I have that there is something fundamental that interrelates and interpenetrates all of these phenomena. But I do think that as far as precognition and synchronicity are concerned, there is such a gray area. Uh, You know, again, not everything is going to be nice and neat and able to be put in little packages. You know, so and that's definitely one of those things where is much as we as humans want to just categorize and and define, I really do feel, Bernie, that part of that universal process is knowing that it just doesn't work that way outside of the realm of the human experience. I mean, look, we're being touched with the, the, uh, with, with something that's, uh, beyond the physical and, and it just doesn't play by our rules. And I think it behooves us if we're going to interact with it, that we start to play by its. Uh, what do you what do you think of uh, this way? I have of thinking that that um, I can almost explain precognition as a as a, a part of uh, ESP kinds of experiences, including poltergeists as well as telepathy and clairvoyance, and and uh, and also uh, psychokinesis. Mm-hmm. I, I I can't really say what the mechanism is, but I can almost feel that there is a mechanism there that will somehow be understood. But how I can feel uh, a loved one's pain at a distance—that mm. that is um, an easier thing for me to be able to explain than uh, a woman that I know uh, who has had a string of one thousand or more uh, monkey symbols enter into her mm. life as teachers for her. Interesting. Uh, you, you know Gary Schwartz. Uh, yeah, of course. Um, well, and his new book, Super Synchronicity. Uh, mm, not familiar he, with that. That's great. He, he was on the show. He's going to be on again talking about this, um, that the probabilities of being able to, to uh, of, of such a long string existing are really pretty low and much harder to explain than uh, the clairvoyance or precognitive experience that you you described. Mm-hmm. We, and then you go to these very low probability coincidences to say there is, probably is a higher intelligence running this thing in some form or another. Oh, absolutely. Absolutely. I love to quote, quote Richard Feynman, and I've done that numerous times. In, go in ahead. She says, uh, oh gosh, of course I'm going to forget it now. Uh, there's no, we do no harm to the mystery to know a little bit about it. Look, I, I, I guess I, as more of a spiritual philosopher than a scientist, am somewhat content to not be driven toward an absolute, I have to know how this works. It's that left brain for me kind of going on, and we all do it. We want answers, but I am somewhat content to just live and relish the in, in the experience and, and not be so, um, uh, you know, Explanatory Again. driven as I am. Yeah, uh, yeah. I mean, <laughs> and there's nothing wrong with that. You're inquisitive, and I think we all should be. Uh, let's keep that. But I, I, I really love, I really love the way your your perspective. It's really valuable to me to hear how you're thinking about it because there are many who think like you, and there are some who think like me. Uh, but I just like to hear how you've made it clear how synchronicity and and precognition fit together with you. And it's not unlike the way Jung started thinking about it, but mm. 
various in various ways change it. We are coming to the end of our segment, uh, Alexis. Uh, it's been a delight talking with you oh, thank about you. coincidences. Uh, and you, you're, it's lovely hearing you talk and lovely hearing you think. Thank you very much for being with me today. Thank you, Bernie.